On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sidetracks, episode 12, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. Yay! Hi there, I'm Brittany. And hey there, I'm Katie, and this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. The sidetracks version. How are y'all? Hope you're doing well. We are not able to see each other on this episode because our Skype, for some reason, doesn't want us to see each other. So, apologies if it's a little uh, less organic than it usually is, shall we say. But this is a chill episode anyways, so we hope it's chill with you guys. How are you, Britt? I am. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's weird. January. I feel like it's a. I I feel bad. Like not saying anything against people born in January, but like for me, January is always a weird month, and it's probably because with yeah. the new year, I'm just like still like adjusting. I'm like, oh god, it's the new year. Yeah. Also, there's either really bad movies or really good movies in the theaters. Nothing in between now usually it's award season but this is the one thing so i'm sure everyone knows that there's been like an epidemic of like i'm sure you've heard so many people have been working from home since the pandemic and now like employers are like we need to get people back in the office so so many people like me have been watching more movies at home since the pandemic and now it's like oh i need to get my ass back to the theater uh so yeah um so yeah, right now it's like a lot of these, uh, it's officially awards season and all these movies Ooh. are, I know it's my, next to Halloween is my second favorite time of the year. Um, Fuck so, you, Christmas. I, I love, I, you know what, I love Christmas, but I'm, I'm, su- I'm usually surrounded by a bunch of Scrooges, so that makes it a little more difficult. Yeah, that's hard. When no one else has the holiday spirit, it makes it hard for you to enjoy the season yeah i uh i was with a family member and we were looking at christmas lights in this uh neighborhood like that's like um it's like a 10 minute drive from our neighborhood but it's a very very nice neighborhood and they have gorgeous lights and he said this is just a gross display of wealth and i was like oh what i was like oh that makes me feel so nice and cozy i'm just trying to enjoy the christmas lights but okay so i mean at least they were like sharing the wealth you know like i don't know like i don't i mean that's my thing like christmas lights i will say that too so if you're going through the pain of putting up christmas lights because anyone who puts up christmas lights knows it's not as easy as you think it is uh i'm like they have to be doing it for people that they know are bringing their kids to kind of drive for the neighborhood and look at them which is sweet yeah yeah exactly like i mean people don't just put them up for fun it's difficult. Well, maybe I do. But you know what? I didn't get super crazy. However, at the clearance Christmas stuff after this season, I did buy an inflatable light-up hippopotamus. Aww. Because I love the song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. So cute. And they didn't have a dachshund. So I was like, second best thing is a hippopotamus. Except not really, because they would kill you. Hippos are really, really cute. They are. They will eat you in the wild. But man, Fiona the hippo... In, she's uh, adorable. Zoo. I fucking love her. And she now she has a little brother. I can't remember the brother. Uh, it's is. Fitz, isn't it? Fitz. F-I-T-C. That, that sounds right. Okay. But yeah, all the baby hippos are so cute. Aww. Until they bite your fucking head off. Aww. But. <laughs> oh, so I was telling Katie before we start recording, it's Burns Night, which is January 25th. Ooh. You celebrate Rob in Scotland. You celebrate Robert Burns' birthday. You have Burns Supper, and then you have like Burns Night, which is like you read the poetry and you have a wee dram, so like a um, glass of scotch. And it brings me to uh, the reason I know this Ugh. is because I film scotch, but <laughs> I, you know what? It's there's so many different types of scotch, and I've had scotches that I've liked and scotches that I don't like. So I think there's just like so many different like Maybe. layers. So I will admit mm-hmm. I am a sweet wine drinker. That's my favorite. Um, yeah. But 
It brings me to, I'm obviously a huge Outlander fan. Uh, and I, I know all these things because I follow Sam Hewen on all of his socials. And Outlander right. was renewed for eighth and final season. Oh, thank God. Sorry. Like, I just, I was like, I think it's a good thing. I don't think they should overstay their welcome because it's a good show. Well, and I'm having a hard time keeping up with it at this point. It surprised me because, you know, she's been writing the books since, like, the early 90s. And she finished the ninth book, Go Tell the Bees I'm Gone. And there's one more book in the series. So the next book will be the ending of the series. So, so far, every season has followed a book. So I thought there would be ten seasons overall. But they're ending with this eighth season. So we'll have a super long seventh season this year. And then the eighth and final season will premiere next year. Yeah. Which kind of makes me, you know, it's like with Game of Thrones. When a show completes before the novel's complete, I always get a little nervous about it. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've had a hard time keeping up with Outlander. I don't even know what they're on right now like honestly so yeah i will say from a i always say my uh my husband taylor is my everyman so like i'll feel one way about something and i'm like taylor you're gonna probably have an opinion that more people's gonna have what do you think of this and taylor said that he thought the most recent season was pretty boring i was like okay fair enough um but taylor also hates it taylor also hates the sex in outlander every time there's a sex scene he's like are you fucking kidding me People um, have sex, Taylor. Well, Jeez. it's like, Taylor, if you know anything about Outlander, Taylor says that a lot. Because there's a lot of sex There's a lot of sex in it. Which is yeah. definitely, it's like, it's like very female-centered sex. Yes. Most of the time. It's very, like, feminine. And from the female, I would say it's, it's from the female gaze. Which is it why is. I think a lot of women are like, hell yeah. But at the same time, I I don't remember being annoyed with it. But again, I've only gotten through, I think, season three or four. Three or four. I think I might be in season four, but I'm honestly not sure. Yeah. And to me, like, I I like all the seasons for different reasons. But I think the first and third would probably be my favorite if I had to pick two. It's a good show. It's a good show. But it's one that, like, I think it has gone on quite a while. And, like, I know someone like me who, like, really liked the first few seasons and like, I bought a Stars subscription so I could keep up with Outlander. But then I just got Outlander fatigue. Yeah, and so. it's, it's really funny that you say that because I love the show, but I also revisit, like, the first season and the third season are my comfort seasons. So I haven't watched the second, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth season quite the same way. Just because mm-hmm. I... It's, it's, there's still, there's dramatic stuff that happens in season one and three, but it's like, also, I feel like there's a lot more shots of like the Scottish landscape and it's a lot more music. Yeah. I don't know. It's just more comforting. It's like kind of watching Outlander in the early seasons feels like when it's raining outside and you just want to curl oh. up with a blanket. That's what it feels like to me. So I finally finished the latest uh, series of the Great British Bake Off that's on Netflix. Ah. How it was, was great. it? Oh, it's great. I mean, I love the Great British Bake Off. Like, I, it's so comforting and warm, and it makes me just want to bake things. I really want to make some focaccia bread coming up. Oh, with some rosemary in it. Oh, so mm. good. I went to this Italian restaurant yesterday, and, like, they had the olive oil that had, like, all the, like, the herbs and stuff in it, and then you just mm. dip your bread in it. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Mm. Um, I'm a slut for bread too. <laughs> Me too. I always think of Scott Who's Pilgrim. Not? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. Um, I always think of bread that. Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. Uh, but Ooh. yeah, I love. I, I, I could eat bread for every meal. I would. I could like. too. I just like I bought some yeast the other week, and I'm like, I just want to bake bread. Sometimes I don't know if you get that urge, but sometimes I just have the the uh, feminine urge to bake bread. <laughs> You know what? I am not that talented, but it's funny you said the feminine yeah. urge because the other day I was helping in the warehouse because, you know, I do that. Uh, but I was helping in the mm-hmm. warehouse and I there was a piece of filler and I unwrapped it and I was like, ooh, pretty. And because it was like a blue and you don't normally uh-huh. see like the fillers and blues, you see them like whites or gray. And I told yeah. my coworker, I was like, the feminine urge to see a pretty color and go, ooh, pretty. Ooh, pretty. Yeah. Did they laugh or did they just go, uh-huh? No, 
they they laugh they uh Good. they are very i i'm one of the only three women and so uh i'm definitely the loudest of the three so they're very <laughs> used, they're very used to dealing with my bullshit on a regular basis <laughs> oh my god mm-hmm. oh oh you know what else i finally wa- oh well on netflix did you watch i think you watched this because i think i saw this on your instagram feed uh, the Junji Ito yes. uh, Japanese Tales of the Macabre. I did. I, the, the, the title's very long. Yeah, I didn't even it's realize. called Maniac. It's called Maniac Junji Ito's Tales of the Macabre. And the only reason I remember is because Taylor yeah. kept going, why does it say Maniac? Like, he kept asking me that. Right, cause, but then on the on the Netflix, on the, the little picture, mm-hmm. it just says Japanese Tales of the Macabre. So I didn't think it was anything to do with Junji Ito. Until I clicked on it, I was like, oh, it's Junji Ito. Okay. Which, if y'all remember, Junji Ito's art-inspired Uzumaki mm-hmm. that we did last season? Yeah. Last season. That sounds right. Yeah. And um, it was quite batshit and weird and f- macabre. And um, he's a really prolific um, manga artist in Japan. And um, he does some really weird things. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh, I'll watch this. So I watched the first episode, The Strange Hikizuri Siblings. And I, I haven't watched another episode, but have you watched all of them? Or did you just watch? I did. Ooh. Yeah, so I've, I've watched all of them. And I found it, like, pretty easy to binge. So there's 12 episodes, but each episode is, like, 25 minutes. And yeah, they kind of do. They kind of do. So the first episode was, like, the whole episode was one episode. But a lot of the episodes, is like, the first half is one episode, and then the second half is another episode. Oh, okay. But the first episode mm-hmm. was, like, a good little story within a story kind It's, of like, thing. a little comedic. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. So there's there's two or three episodes that they're kind of, like, you know, a little kooky, but, like, comedic. But there are a few that are very, like, hard that, like, they made my skin crawl when I watched them. But here's the thing. So and I admitted this that I'm more familiar with like Uzumaki and Gyro Giro Gyo mm-hmm. It's the one with the fish that get legs and they're able to come on land. So I've mm-hmm. seen those. I'm familiar with those. I'm not as familiar with the short stories. I have heard some complaints about like this series that they're just like you know adapting his short stories. There was a lot left on the cutting room floor, which made so much sense to me. Because when you're watching a lot of these, it felt like there's a lot more questions than answers. And that was a little frustrating. Like, as far as them being scary, they were scary. Uh, there's one episode that's really good, but since you haven't watched it all yet, Katie, I won't spoil okay. it for you. But I did enjoy it. And there was, like, some really, like, scary kind of skin-crawling things that happened. But it was also a little frustrating because the episode was suddenly end. And you're like, I don't really know what happened. You have to draw a lot of your own, you have to draw a lot of your own conclusions when kind of watching a few of these. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, you would think you could make them longer than, but I don't know, because I have not read his short stories at all. I looked up Uzumaki when we were doing Mm -hmm. Uzumaki, but, like, I hadn't really looked up a lot of his other stuff, but I really like Uzumaki, and, like, I honestly like the art I did for it. It's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite ones that I've ever done for the podcast, because, like, I don't know, it just ended up looking cool. Um, But, and that's because, like, the art style for the movie and the art style in the manga was cool. So it was a cool thing to be inspired by. So I really like his stuff. But it was funny. Like, I didn't expect it to be as funny. I kind of thought it was going to be more like serious. But it kind of reminds yeah. me of, like, scary stories to tell in the dark, like the books. It's like a bunch of just, like, weird stories. Yeah, and I would agree with that. So there is, like, that first episode is kind of more humorous, even though it's really, in spo- mild spoiler alert, guys, so there's, like, a, uh, it's the second youngest sibling. He gets, like, throttled by his older sibling. He's, like, yeah. he's beaten. And that kind of that scared upset me, me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's definitely, like, humorous. And there's a few episodes that are, that are humorous, but the ones that are serious are very serious. Yeah. Um, they're okay. bleak. They're bleak. Yeah. Mm. I liked it, but yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Katie. I haven't read any of his short stories, so I wouldn't have those same complaints. But just for our diehard Junji Ito fans out there, that is a complaint I'm hearing among, like, big fans, is that they're, like, a lot of the stuff that kind of elevated the short stories were left on the cutting room floor. Mm. And they also complained about the animation, like, not being as 
beautiful as his artwork is too so i mean but a lot of his artwork is in black and white and a lot of his artwork Mm -hmm. because it's in black and white like he does a lot of extra like line like etches which are beautiful to look at but hard to animate yeah so i would agree with that it's probably more of a practicality thing than anything else i would guess because he's a manga artist not an animator Unless he's yeah. gone, I don't. I don't know if this is his first animation or not. Oh, do you remember? Okay, so when we were doing Usamaki, so mm-hmm. Adult Swim was going to do a Usamaki yes, anime, they were. and they released a teaser for it, and I think it's caught in production hell right now. Yes, which is really sad because just the teaser alone was very gorgeous, and it looks just like the opening pages of the manga. So, but I think it's just hard. No, he does stuff in color too. But his stuff has a lot of, like, extra etches. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard to translate to animation. Yeah. But I think if you like anime, or really like any kind of animation, and, like, dark, creepy things. Well, you'll listen to this podcast, so you probably like dark, creepy things. I would I would say it's worth a watch. Yeah, I think it's really funny. Because, like, Taylor was watching it with me, and he... He, I, I was laughing because you know we've talked about this multiple times. I've, I've loved anime since I was a little kid, and so Taylor was like, "Is all anime this weird?" And I'm like, "You've <laughs> literally seen, you literally seen most of the Hollow Miyazaki films, and you've seen your name. Are those as weird as this?" And he's like, "No." I was like, "It's like, as it's almost like film. You just, it's a mixed bag. You really never yeah. know what you're gonna get depending on the genre." But he's like, this is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I was like, well, it's also Junji Ito, so it, it has to be yeah. weird. Junji Ito is just kind of weird. And that's that's his thing, and I support him. But yes. yeah, it's, it is it is macabre. It's macabre. Yes. Definitely. In a good way. Like it, and it, But it tells you right in the title, so really you can't be that upset about it. Um, I'm sure. Taylor's upset about it, but I thought Oh, no, he good. liked it. He kept saying, let's watch the next one. So, I mean, he was all for it, too. And he's mm-hmm. our everyman, so. He is. So, I, so do you, the only other thing I really watched is a current Oscar nominee. Yay! Um, maybe this will segue into, I know, I know you watched the live stream of the Oscar nominees for this year. I didn't, yes. but um, apparently I have to watch a bunch of movies in the next couple of weeks because unlike last year where I was kind of ahead, I am so far behind because many of the Best Picture nominees were movies I was not interested in seeing at all. And some of them are ones that I really want to see very much. So yeah. it's like either they're on my list or they were nowhere near my list. But I did take the time to watch everything everywhere all at once finally yes it was fantastic i think on letterboxd i gave it like four and a half stars because it's like like i feel like was it the most fantastic thing i've ever seen in my entire life no however it was really well made it was really well written and i think to another person it would have hooked me like if i was a different person it would have been the best thing i'd ever seen you know what i mean like yeah i don't think i'm it's not even that I'm not the target audience. Maybe I'm not in the right mindset to be like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. However, it was one of the most unique movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And one of the only films to like do the multiverse thing where I could still keep track of what was going on without them having to over-explain it to me. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't feel like it was over-explained at all. I just knew just enough. I will never see hot dogs the same way ever again yes and everybody's performances were fucking stellar and that's why they deserve 11 oscar nominations also the editing oh my god and the sound design there was one part where she was jumping with three of her different universes and they had like all three different like sounds of those universes going on at the same time and you could tell what universe she was touching because of it so okay maybe i should give it five stars but it was really good it was really good it was really well made um i think michelle yao is just so awesome i'm so excited that she's the first asian actress to be nominated for the leading actress oscar i can't believe it's taken this long but she's very deserving she's always been a stellar performer and she's always been great in everything i've ever seen her in and like she, well, we all know she can fight because of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but and other hundreds of other movies she did. But like for American audiences, that was what 
I'm surprised she didn't get nominated for that. Or was she was she supporting actress for that? It may have been supporting. I remember that was like I think that was international film when it was still called Best Foreign Film. Yes, back in the nineties. Yes, I do believe so, it won it. But Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. and um, Stephanie, I think you pronounce her last name Shu, but it's H S U. Was so I was like I want Joy's costumes. I want her makeup. You know what? I love the subtlety on her makeup. It's very subtle, but all of her makeup looks like tears. Yes. And it's just like that kind of detail. It's just like you can tell so much love was put into every inch of that movie. Yes. Which is what also elevates it. But man, I'm sorry. The dialogue in a, you know, in another life, I would just. I would really oh my like God, that got me. With you. I teared up that oh. part. And then there was a oh. part where she was talking to her daughter when she was talking to Joy. And I was just like, huh, oh, it's so cute. Um, but yeah, yeah. Kihoi Kwan was so good. Oh, he is so good. And like, that's the thing. It's like, and I don't know if you saw him and Brendan talking, but it's like they, Brendan, he goes, and you came up to me, Brendan, he, you know, you said, we're still here. And I was like, God darn, like, oh, my heart. He's because so it's sweet. Like, <laughs> it was like, but this, this movie and then The Well were the two year major comebacks. comebacks. Yes. Yeah. And the, okay, so best uh, the five actor nominees for best actor, the the five Oscar mm-hmm. nominees for best actor are all first time nominees. That has That's never cool. happened. Yeah, that is incredible. So this has been. I always like to see award years where it's like y- you expect the unexpected, and that's always a really really good. Wait, feeling. Colin Farrell's never been nominated for best actor before. And he has not. That's weird. Bill Nye, I want to see that movie just because I love Bill Nye. Oh, I want to see. I saw Ikaru. I think we talked about that. Our oh last yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to see Living, but I don't think it's playing near us. And it's not available stream yet. So I'm keeping yeah. my fingers crossed that maybe it'll be available stream next month, so I can catch it before the show. Yeah, I love anything with Bill Nye in it. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's, he's- fucking fantastic. And it also did get, um, it got a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination. It's the gentleman who wrote The Remains of the Day, wrote the Adapted Screenplay of mm. Living. So, like, yeah. You know what I'm surprised? I thought Broker was going to get nominated for Feature International. Oh, how about this? So, that was a big surprise because Decision to Leave was not nominated yeah. for International. Okay, it's like so, Tatan last year. You know what's crazy, though? I didn't... So, when I was looking at international films, I recognized all the movies. So, All Quiet on the Western Front is leading. All Quiet on the Re- Western Front mm-hmm. was nominated for International and Best Picture. Yeah. But RRR wasn't nominated. So, I was like, oh, shit, RRR wasn't and Decision to Leave wasn't, which were the Golden Globe nominees. Now, that being said, there was a movie... I Out of the five nominees, I had not heard of this movie called EO. And I was like, what is EO? Oh, the donkey it's, one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I was reading about it, and it's... I was like, this sounds right up my alley, but I'm also kind of horrified, like, at the yeah, idea of watching it. That's so, like... I feel like it's going to be like, oh, shit. Like Oak-ja, Warhorse, maybe? Or Oakja. Or Oakja. And I'm like, I, heard, uh, I just... I don't know if I can watch it. I, I was reading a review. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> but I was reading... I was... Because I have to suffer, so you have to suffer, so we can talk <laughs> about it. That's how this relationship works. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You, you make me watch uh, Climax, and, you know, <laughs> I make you watch EO. <laughs> I make you watch EO. Um, I mean... But I, I heard there's... you. It's fine. Yeah. I heard there's a scene in EO, and this is slight spoiler, guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys will watch this movie, but there's a scene where... It's told. It's like the donkey's point of view, and a bunch of men beat it, and that's the scene in the movie. So it's like mentally preparing myself for this movie, but also understanding that obviously it touched enough members of the academy for them to vote it into a position that the Golden Globes didn't even think to vote it into. Yeah. So I'm very curious about. No, it. No, it's weird because RRR's theme song apparently is nominated for best original song. Yes. So. That's cool. I feel like, and I I don't even know if I've heard this song yet. I feel like the Black Panther song is going to win. Lift me yeah. up. Cause it's, it's not playing on the radio right now, too. I still need to see that one, but I think it's fine. I, th- I need to see the new Black Panther movie, but I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus now, I think. If it's not if it's not yet, it's going to be soon. Because I did remember reading that it's coming soon. 
So I do have to tell you, I was telling you about this earlier, Katie, and it was hilarious. So um, Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams were the announcers. They were the ones that like uh, mm-hmm. announced the nominations. And so it got to Best Animated Short Film. And one of the five animated short films that are nominated is My Year of Dicks. <clears throat> and everyone started laughing at that point. And even Riz and Allison were like laughing. But I, I mean, it's fucking legit. It's called My Year of Dicks. I see that. And I think, I think there's like a, I think like there's actual phallic things happening in Ooh. the animation. Yeah, so I'm like I'm like I am ready to retrieve <laughs> this. So and now I yeah. need to I've watched my year of dick. <laughs> my my maybe, year of but dicks. maybe maybe it's like somebody's name is Dick. But probably not. I uh, uh, I don't I want mean, it to be. I, I want it to be sexual. <laughs> I just I Sorry. Well, you know the the animated film that won best uh, anime short last year, I watched it. Uh, it was streaming somewhere, but it's it's very adult. There's it's like uh, basically different stories of different. It's the it's called the um, the window washer, I think, or the window washer, and it's like oh. uh, snippets of like what is love, and it's showing like different types of love, including like sexual love. So that was an adult anime short that won last year. Yeah, I was I was looking through. Like, what's nominated and best picture, in case y'all didn't know. Like, so half of the movies are the ones that I've been meaning to see all year and haven't had a chance to see. Like, everything, everywhere, all at once. The Mm. other half of them are movies that I was like, I have no interest in seeing these. And I don't know if y'all feel this way. Okay. I don't really have any interest in seeing the new Avatar movie. I really don't either. I don't. I guess I'll have to now. Um, all quiet on the Western Front, honestly, just war movies in general really vex me, and it, like just it, they stress me out. They, so, yeah, like I'm like I wasn't like wanting to watch that one, but I guess well, Banshees of Inisherin, I've been meaning to watch yes. it. It's finally streaming. I will watch it probably this week or next week. Elvis, I've been on the fence with because like it makes me feel cringe about Austin Butler being in character all the time. But I like Moulin Rouge, but I don't like all Baz Luhrmann things. Sometimes Baz Luhrmann is just a little too out there for me. I will say it's a little bloated. Uh, what I keep coming back to, and I told you this earlier, the performance scenes in the movie are incredible. I, I do feel like they elevate the movie. But once again, as a kid who was raised knowing that Elvis was the king and having a charcoal portrait hanging in the living room <laughs> growing up, uh, like, oh. I, it. It's it's very interesting what they chose to focus on and not focus on. And yeah. I I will say that I will say it kept my interest the entire movie. I liked it. I don't think it was complete masterwork, but it it was a it was an enjoyable movie. Um and Taylor liked it too. So there's that That's too. Good. Have you watched The mm-hmm. Fablemans yet? I haven't. It is on my list. Uh I really really want to see it. Uh my dad so my dad's so funny because my dad actually saw the Fablemans. I haven't yet. And my dad's like, I mean, it's good. He's like, there's some scenes in it that are really, really great. And he's like, he doesn't want to spoil it for me. He's like, but I think Jaws is better. I'm like, well, da- dad, Jaws is fucking what Steven Spielberg is known for. Is anything really going to stack up to Jaws? Probably not. But Maybe with Schindler's that being list. said. Oh, God. Right? Oh, Which my God. This is another God. one that I have to mentally prepare myself to watch. Oh, I will have to say, as someone who loved E.T. when I was little, I do think E.T. synonymous with Steven Spielberg, too. So I guess, but e. I like Jaws movie. better. Jaws? I mean, well, Jaws is such a great monster movie, but E.T. is just so whimsical. Like, oh, I don't the know. music I got e. really stressed out when E.T. was, like, dying. And it me too. really caused me anxiety. So I don't have pleasant memories of E.T. I have very unpleasant memories of E.T., like, it was too depressing for me. But, like, I watch it now as an adult, and it's not. But, like, as a child, like, it stressed me the fuck out that E.T. is yeah. dying. The like, men in the house, like, in the hazmat suits and stuff is very stressful yeah. when you're a child. I was, yeah. It's, it's uh, the two Disney movies that I wanted to like and could not like were Pinocchio because of the donkey thing. Oh, yeah. And honestly, him getting eaten by a whale was so fucking terrifying. And then 
Alice in Wonderland was, I loved the beginning. I loved the beginning. I loved the flower bit. I didn't mind the cards and the Queen of Hearts part. But you, you know when they start singing the song about the people in the ocean and there's something depressing going on? Yes, like... Uh, that, part, that part makes me really depressed, and I hated that part. So, like, I love the I love the tale of Alice in Wonderland. I love the aesthetic of Alice in Wonderland. Like, I like the video game Alice in Wonder- Alice Madness Returns. That stuff's great. But, like, for some reason, like, as a child, like, it kind of freaked me the fuck out. Dumbo 2. Dumbo was not a fun movie for uh, me. Dumbo was really upsetting to me when his mom is locked up. I know. And then she sings Baby Mine and then everybody cries. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. dude, this is sad. But I, I, Fablemans is on my list. So this is the issue I'm at right now. It's like, so by the time I get off work, and then Katie, you know this too. So you have a pup at home. And it's like, I already feel guilty being away from my dogs right. all day. So it's like, let me get home, walk my dogs, make sure my dogs are fed. And so I'm at the point now where I'm like, I hope something is streaming or that it's like a $5 rental. And right yeah. now, like the Fablemans is still a $20 rental. Yeah, I'm not spending $20 on it. If we get close to our, like, recording our Oscar mm. review episode, then I will. But we've got, like, a whole month. So yeah. I think we're okay. Tar, I do want to see. I do. I mean, I've heard Kate Blanchett is amazing. And uh, our professor I mean, at Montevallo, me and him were talking about Tar. And Tar was his favorite movie of last year. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been, it wasn't playing here, I didn't think. Or I didn't notice it when it was. Now I feel bad if it was. I think it was, but I think it was limited showings. Oh. He also goes to New York a lot, too, so he might have seen it in New York. I now, I, I will say a movie I heard a lot of, like, really great things about, but it was, like, a pleasant surprise to see Best Picture nominee was Women Talking. Yes, it has been on my radar, and I just haven't seen it streaming yet. So, I don't know if it is streaming yet, um, but that's one I really want to watch, because you know, you know... I love watching people deconstruct after, like, leaving cults and stuff. And this is, like, or, or like, overly conservative religious, cult, like, communities. Like, things that are borderline cults. I, it's, oh, what were they called? A high, high demand religions. Which, this is, like, women who are in a closed community and they find out that one of their children has been molested and then they find out that multiple women have been molested and just haven't been coming forward and then they're like do we stay do we leave what do we do and it's all about like the discussion of what do they do and i find that fascinating i also thought it was really interesting so sarah Polly directs this movie and i was like oh her name sounds familiar um she's the lead in the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. So she's the lead. But she's a director too. And she directed a movie called Away From Her. And she was like in her 20s when she directed this movie. Uh, And I was like, oh my God, like I know of her work and I just never, I've never put two and two together. So that was like a really cool thing. Weirdly, there are no female directors nominated this year for the first time in three years. So that's much bullshit. But I'm very excited about this movie. And uh, Frances McDormand's in it, but there's a lot of really talented actresses in it. And it looks interesting. And I, I just find high demand religions and cults fascinating. So I can't remember if they're Mennonite or... I think they Amish. are Mennonite. I think it's Mennonite. Which, just, yeah. there are plenty of Amish people who are, and Mennonites who are, like, totally not cultish at all. But it is a closed community, and closed communities can be a very dangerous thing psychologically and so- sociologically. So, I find it fascinating. And anyways, and any kind of time someone has to deconstruct trauma, I'm there for it, because I've been there. Deconstructing trauma is awful, but afterwards you can, you know, feel really good about yourself and feel good and then laugh and joke about your trauma because it's fine. It's not fine, but it is fine. I also really want to see Triangle of Sadness, but I didn't get to see it when it was in theaters here. So I think it's about to start streaming somewhere. Yeah, I want to see it too. And 
So have you kind of heard, I don't know if you've heard about this as much. So Triangle Sadness seems to be the Oscar nominee this year that's maybe a little more divisive. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of people that really, really love it. And a lot of people are like, it's not the greatest movie in the world. And I think that's really interesting. So I think it's standing like in the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah, is not Yeah, it's like really a 72%. Bad. Yeah, that's not like a really bad score. Um, But it is kind of like interesting because I'm like, oh, it kind of, so not comparing it to Don't Look Up because obviously I don't like Don't Look Up. But I have met people who like Don't Look Up. So uh, yeah. I I kind of, I'm really curious to see how we feel about Triangle of Sadness. Like, I really want to like it, but I'm very curious to see the final outcome. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of it, like the trailer, I thought it sounded hilarious and satirical. Very much like the menu, but a little more elevated. Like a satirical look at class structure and society mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I'm making fun of people um, because I love that kind of shit. But, like, yeah, I'm curious if I'll love it or I'll be like, that was fun. But I'm surprised. Like, I still haven't gotten to see Broker or, um, shit, the Park Chan-wook one that you just talked about. Oh, Decision Decision to Leave. So I'm like, I'm curious why it got nominated for Best Picture and not one of those. But, you know, I don't, there hasn't been, like, a Swedish movie that I know of nominated for Best Picture before. So, I mean, that's a cool thing, I guess. Yeah, it's real. I was, um, it's really kind of cool. So I know, like, we've talked a lot about the Academy. And, of course, we do not always mm. agree with the Academy's choices. I rarely but agree. I, <laughs> so I was reading about this. So, you know, when they announced actress in a leading role, we the ones we knew for sure that were going to be there were Kate and Michelle. And then yeah. we're kind of like, okay, Mich- as in Michelle Yao. So Michelle Williams was nominated too. We knew she would poss- be a big possibility because uh, people are saying she's wonderful in the Fable Men's. Ana well, de she's Armas, a great actress. She, I do love Michelle Williams. I do. Ana de Armas, it, it wasn't as big of a surprise to me as other people, but I do think it speaks volumes that she was Blonde's only nomination. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she's a great actress. But, and I may be just butchering this woman's name, but Andrea Reisenbrough. 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 I love her. She's Mandy and Mandy. Okay. Okay. So, you know, she's nominated for for this movie called For Leslie. And I'm I'm not really familiar with this movie. There was a campaign among the Academy to get her nominated because people were like, she is good. She deserves this nomination. She's fantastic. So it was for the power of social media. That the Academy nominated her. And I'm like, you know what? But that's really fucking cool when you think yeah, about it. I need to watch this movie because, like, it's about a woman who wins the lottery. But then she, like, spends it all on trash. And it's her trying to pick her life back up and provide for her kid. And it looks... And I love Andrea Risenborough. She was also in um Birdman. Oh, okay. Who is she in Birdman? She's the girl he's having an affair with. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I know the face and the name. Okay. Yes. And she's Mandy and Mandy. And she's also in, um, oh, shit. Nancy and, and Possessor, the David Cronenberg. Okay. And she's, I can't remember who she is in Nocturnal Animals, but she's also in Nocturnal Animals. She's fantastic. I really like her. Because I think I had seen Mandy before we did Birdman. Like, right before we did Birdman. And so then I was like, oh, it's the lady from Mandy. And I was like, wow. Like, because when she's in Mandy, she, like, she, she's, like, very plain. Like, she doesn't have, like, she's beautiful, but, like, she doesn't have, like, makeup on her. She's not, like, done up. Because Mandy's, like, just, like, likes to live in nature. Like, she's not a person that puts on a lot of uh, stuff. So, like, she looked totally different. So, um, and Nancy looks good. It's about that um, woman who tried to well she did chris uh wait is that the right one i'm thinking of wait i'm thinking of the wrong one hold on never mind i was thinking of the wrong movie but nancy's like another like psychological thriller um but possessor was the um dave uh not david cronenberg brandon cronenberg movie that Mm, i need i've been wanting to watch about people that basically possess other people's bodies to commit assassinations oh wow yeah and so it did seem really cool 
and I really like her. Anyways, she's a good actress. I like her. She's also like a Royal Shakespeare actress. So oh, she got that chops. explains a lot. That's probably yeah. why she was so good at playing a theater actor in Birdman. Oh, I love it. And see, I I love actors that you're just like, I don't recognize the name, but then as soon as you start saying, you're like, oh, that person. Okay, I know the face. I just didn't recognize the name. Yeah. But I, that's what I kind of love about, like, the Oscars. Like, you know, <laughs> even though I don't agree with all their choices all the time, it is really cool to be like, I, I don't know anything about this movie and it'll be like oh but it's because enough of the cad members have seen it and they voted and they're just like this person deserves recognition well um, sometimes sometimes really it's cool. my buddy made this movie so sorry i'm the cynical one about the oscars you guys Brittany's nostalgic i'm cynical that's why it's a good episode every year when we talk about the oscars i will say so i am at and before we segue, I guess, into, like, what else we may have seen in our good nights. So, it is also officially Sundance time. And Ooh. as we know, Sundance is the precursor, precursor to award seasons. Because usually what happens at Sundance, there's suddenly a bidding war. Like, all these companies will be like, I want this movie. I want this yeah. movie. And it's really interesting. So, Katie knows that I get on the short story kicks. So, like, I'll stumble across articles. And they'll be, like, the best the 30 best short stories you can read online. And I'm like, okay. And so there was this uh, short story called Cat Person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the most like read New York Times story ever. Like most read fictional story ever. And it is a really good short story. Well, it got made into a movie. And it premiered at Sundance. And this was like one of the most anticipated movies of the year. It stars Amelia Jones from CODA. Mm. She's in this movie as the lead female. And it's basically about a 20-year-old woman that gets in a relationship with like a 33-year-old man. And it's getting a lot of like mixed reviews. But I'm really excited because of course it's already been purchased. And there's a few others. So there's one with... um. Is it Phoebe Dyer who plays in the first season of Bridgerton? The first uh, Daphne. So there's a movie she's in. Yeah, Phoebe something. That's, Phoebe, yeah. I want to say it's like Dryer, but she's in a movie called Something Play. Um, and I think Netflix bought the rights to this movie, but it's mm. getting a lot of it's getting a lot of accolades. And basically, it's about two coworkers that are dating, and one gets a promotion and it kind of puts like a like um, a wrench in their relationship. But yeah, this movie's getting a lot of talk. So I'm I'm already kind of like scoping out like Sundance movies. I'm like, I can't watch them. But which <laughs> ones do I need do I need to watch when they are available <gasps> to stream? So You know who's in Cat Person? It's, Who? It's mm -mm. Greg from Succession. He's like the, oh. one of the best characters in Succession. He's the bumbling cousin who isn't so bumbling. Also, Isabella Rossellini's in it. Love her. Yes. And Michael Gandolfini is in it. Yeah, I w one day I want to go to Sundance because I really just like. I do too. I mean, we I I need to make plans to actually go to the our local film festival sidewalk because for some reason every year I'm like I might go and then it's the weekend before and I haven't bought a ticket and I'm like I guess I'm not going. Okay, but <laughs> I, I this year I know I, I feel that. Yeah. I will say I did read one more thing about oh, yeah, Cat yeah, Person. Yeah. It is uh it opens with a Margaret Atwood quote, which is like it uh. hits like the nose so hard on the head. It's like so when men men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women mm -hmm. are afraid that men will kill them. Yeah, that's pretty much the horrors of dating. Yeah, um, and I'm just like, that is a fucking great... I don't know how the rest of the movie pans out. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But I was like, that is a hard-hitting quote to open a movie yeah, that's with. Yeah, that's a little terrifying. Oh, by the way, uh, also yes. Top Gun Maverick. Not interested in seeing yes. it, but now apparently I have to see it. <sighs> oh, but I was going to say, Everything Everywhere All at Once, we're talking about Oscar nominations. So it has 11 nominations. Mm -hmm. One of the directors, so there's the directing duo is the Daniels, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shot. Sh Shiner, she, um, but Daniel Shiner, and I'm probably pronouncing your last name wrong. I'm so sorry if I am. Um, is from Birmingham, Alabama, and has worked with Sidewalk Film Festival before. So they're replaying it. If you're in the Birmingham area, they're replaying it again in February. If you want to see it on the big screen, but I, I don't know if you might have mentioned that when we when you saw it initially. I don't remember, but if we didn't mention it, I thought that was a cool thing because uh, it's not every day. 
people you know know someone who's nominated for an Oscar. Or yes. they're just from your hometown. So that's pretty cool. So It is really cool. But I thought that was cool. Or just Alabama in general, honestly. Let's face it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised X didn't get nominated for, like, makeup or something. It is one of the movies that, like, so, of course, I came across a few lists of Oscar snubs. And that's one of the ones that people talk about is X and Pearl. And I was talking with our friend Dalton about this because, you know, we were talking about Mia Goff. And I was like, I am curious to see where she placed on, like, actress scorecard. Like, if she was within the top ten or not. But nope. I mean, a lot of people are, like, talking about how Nope got, uh you know, wasn't nominated, Decision to Leave wasn't nominated. Um, so yeah, it is always weird kind of to see who gets nominated and who doesn't every year. Yeah. Turning Red and Pinocchio both got nominated. Yes, and so did Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which I've always, I've been hearing amazing things about it. And Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yeah, Which I've heard is really good, but I have not watched yet. But oh, it's an A24 movie, so. We're missing one animated feature. Which one are we missing? That's uh, four. It's one I hadn't heard of, the Sea Beast. Oh, the Sea Beast. Okay, I've I've heard only so little, but you know that happens with some. Of, if it's an international animated film, they sometimes get buried. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say that, but I so Babylon is like I. It looked interesting. However, it's not for a few things. I feel like it was. Oh attached to a not so great person and that's why i was like "Ooh, i don't think i want to see that real quick so i will retract what i said about the sea beast guys i just looked it up it's a netflix animated film uh and carl carl urban plays the lead character so hey hey carl urban so we love the boys um i guess i'll be watching that since it's on netflix okay i mean why not what so what else did you watch Okay, so I only watched two other things. Uh, so I'll begin with White Noise, um, which was because Taylor actually really wanted to watch White Noise. And I'm like, okay, so White Noise is it has Adam uh, Driver in it, and it is a mm-hmm. Noah, a Noah. Uh, oh, yeah, Brock, no, Brock I've been wanting to watch that one. Yeah. Did you like it? So as soon as they said the Airborne Toxic event, I was like, like the band? And then it's like, it turns out the band actually got their name from the novel, White Noise. There's like, they talk about this Airborne Toxic event. And the novel came out in the 1970s. So with that being said, I love the dark comedy. I like Noah as a director. We always talk about, I love Marriage Story. Marriage Story was like one of my favorite movies. Um, So, but like a lot of like satires and like these dark comedies, they always seem to go off the rails in the third act. So the first like half of the movie is really good. I really, really like it. Adam Diver is just, Driver is just an amazing actor. Anything I've seen him in, I'm like, yeah, he's, He's good. Um, and then Greta Gerwig plays his wife. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's actually really good in the movie, well, she's, too. She's uh, Noah Baumbach's partner. Yeah, yeah. And she's actually directing the Barbie movie. That's, like, one of the most I anticipated know. movies this year. Very excited about that. I know the trailer. I'm just, like, it's literally making fun. Of, it's, like, it's parodying 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm, like, this is golden. Um but yeah, it, I liked it. Uh, I, it's just the third act was the only thing I didn't like as much. But I did think it was funny. I thought the acting was good. It was really interesting. Um, uh, the one last thing I watched. And I don't know if you've heard the controversy about this show. So I watched the animated series Velma on HBO Max. I've heard very mixed things about it. Actually, no, I've only heard that people hate it. Yes. Uh, so it is not good. Uh, I, I don't, the first episode was really bad. I don't know why I felt possessed to watch the second episode, but I did. It was not any better. And it's really, really interesting. And I know you know a lot more about Mandy Colleen than I do. Obviously, I watch The Office a lot. But they said Mandy is, is very conservative. Or uh, Mindy, I'm sorry. God darn it, Brittany. Mindy is very conservative. So they say it's really mm-hmm. interesting that she's trying to make a show that's like very kind of liberal woke. And that she's recently liked some of J.K. Rowling's tweets. Uh, so that seems to be like um, some so She con- liked some of J.K. Rowling's tweets? Yes, that's what I've read. So, Brittany Brittany herself did not go back and fact check this, guys, but this is what I was reading. So, this seems to be the rare 
case where you have a show that's universally hated. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. You just don't seem to like this show. I think the humor is not that great. I think the humor feels really dated for a show that was made in 2023. Um, and I hate to be this person, but it does feel like it's trying a little too hard. Yeah, I saw one preview and I was just like, oh. It's like, I like when things break the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. But not when the whole thing is breaking the fourth wall. Because let me just tell you, Fleabag, half of that show is breaking the fourth wall. But it's done superbly. Uh, Mr. Robot, half of that show is breaking the fourth wall. There's a logic to it, though. But this one seemed to be like, I'm breaking the fourth wall to be funny and to be meta. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But... I wish it was better because I really like Thelma as a character. I also am going to be that person that I'm just like, it's also a Scooby-Doo show and Scooby is not in it. Maybe um. I don't know, maybe Scooby will appear later. But it's, it's meant to serve like as an origin story. And yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I will say it's one of those shows. So I was like, I don't think this is very good. Um, but then when I read the reviews, I was like, holy shit, they're tearing it apart. Oh, no. But... That also goes back to my whole thing. Sometimes I just like bad TV. You know how I met your father season two premiered and I totally fucking watched it even though I knew it was going to be terrible. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I will say, I will say at the end of the episode, it gives a preview. Like she's like, I hadn't hit rock bottom yet. I I hit rock bottom later that year. And it shows her, spoiler alert, guys, she runs into the back of a car and Barney Stinson gets out. And so I was like, well, okay, there's Barney. I, I guess I'll keep watching. So There's Rock Bottom. Why is he still there? So uh, Kobe had a cameo in, like, the se- season finale, like, season one's finale. So I'm kind of wondering every season they're going to have a cameo for one of the main actors from the original series. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Just be its own separate thing, man. It doesn't have to be in the same universe. I really would like to, so this is me getting on a little How I Met Your Mother tangent. So the series was supposed to end after season three and Victoria was supposed to be the mom. But they were like, hey yeah, guys, we're making money. Should've. Let's keep this. They, they should, I do, I do love Tracy as the mother. I no, will admit. No, Tracy's great. But Victoria and he had like, I don't understand how Victoria wasn't the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I, it kind of, like, hurts me, and I don't know if you're, like, this type of fan, Katie, or not, but, like, reading later that Jason Siegel was, like, begging for them to kill off Marshall because he was so tired of it, I was like, that that literally hurts to, like, hear that, because Marshall's, uh, like, my- that's a That's a Harrison Ford thing, too. You know, Harrison oh. Ford did not- He just thought Han Solo should die at the end of Empire, and freezing him in carbonite was, like- literally putting the character on ice to figure out what they wanted to do. But people just loved his character so much. Yeah. And they didn't want him. So when, spoiler alert for The Force Awakens, he does actually die. I was like, oh, he finally got his wish. It finally But then he comes back again as a ghost. So, you know, I mean, which then is also confusing because I thought only people who were strong with The Force could see that but like he never was because or is it because he just didn't want to be anyways with we're not going to talk about the new trilogy of star wars because then i'm gonna talk in circles for an hour but it's true but yeah you know what there are comfort shows that i like i was talking uh about like sex in the city rewatching that oh me too also i finally started watching the real housewives of salt lake city and jersey and, oh, that is some trash TV that I love. Love it. Absolutely. Oh, you so brought trash. Up, you brought up Sex and the City, so I had to ask. So you saw that Aiden's going to be back for the second season. And, I and just saw like a that. clip, and I'm like, why do we keep trying to make Fetch happen? Like, it, like listen, Aiden has been hurt too many times by Carrie. It's yeah. like he just keeps coming back for more. And I'm just oh. like, I thought we left it in a nice place. I I even hate that he was in the second movie. I liked that. Um, now I have to write down that we're talking about Sex and the City. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> but I liked that, like, you know, you see him the last season. They run into each other. He has a baby. He has a wife. He's happy. Carrie's happy. 
okay, that's the best way to run into your ex. Everyone got what they wanted. Because, like, it wasn't that Carrie didn't love Aiden or Aiden didn't love Carrie. They loved each other. They just weren't meant to be together. They were never going to fully work out because they didn't want the same things out of life. And that's fine. You go on, you find someone who does want the same stuff out of life, and then you find that it's easy and it's great. Yes, I agree. That was nice. And then like, oh, let's bring him back again. I was like, we don't. I love that actor. He's a hot man. John, what's he his name? Is. is this for oh, and You know what? I love that he, so he plays uh, Laura Jean's uh, father in the uh, trilogy of To All the Boys I Loved Before. So like, he's still like doing stuff, which I love too. Well, and he was, you uh, know, my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. Uh, so spoilers. This is my personal opinion. So spoiler alerts for Sex and the City and Jane the Virgin. This is how I feel. I'm like, so the only way that John Carrie's Corbett, end- sorry, John Corbett. Yeah, I was like, the only way Carrie is going to end up with Aiden is for Big to die. Just like in Jane the Virgin, the only way you can have Jane end up with Raphael is to kill Michael off. Like, I, you know, uh, that's why uh, I never finished that show. Well, you know, well, of course, it's a telenovela, so Michael's really alive. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. But for me, that was already a big thing for me because, okay, I'm not going to go on Jane the Virgin tangent, I promise. But when Jane the Virgin was, like, on the second season, they did, like, a Q&A with all the, like, cast and crew and crew and the creator of the show. And they're like, are you Team Michael or Team Raphael? Everyone said Michael. Team Michael. Everyone said Team Michael except for Justin Baldoni, who plays Raphael, and the creator of the series. She was Team Raphael. And I was like, she's going to fucking end up with Raphael. Because if the creator of the series is Team Raphael, that tells you all you need to know. Sorry. That's my Jane the Virgin tangent. Yeah. Team Raphael <laughs> is delusional. Anyways. Oh. Even, I guess he, she ends up with him. I don't care. But Michael and Jane all the way. Oh, yes. Anyway. I'm sure we'll be back talking about it on Sidetracks. Oh, what yeah. idiotic mistake will Miranda make this season? Ooh. She'll probably leave Shay and go back to Steve, and then Steve will be with somebody else. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that. You're calling it. I think you're right. I could definitely see that. Because that happened in the series already, so they're just redoing everything. Remember? Yep. To kind of get off a little bit, did you watch anything else, Katie? Uh, Not that I can recall. Except, Well, I have started uh watching... Uh, Emily D. Bernard trial in South Carolina. The family where like everyone there's like bodies okay. in the wake. So I've been watching that, and then also the Bengals are in the playoffs again, y'all. Two years in a row. It's Yay. crazy. So I'm watching football again. But I mean, y'all saw the game. They slaughtered the Bills, and I did not expect that at all. And I feel bad because the Bills literally the the um, player who had the heart the cardiac arrest at the last game was there like yeah. in the stands. Hamlin. Yeah. He, Ham- he Hamlin. Damar, Damar Hamlin. He was there yeah. in the stands, like cheering his team on. I was like, Oh, I almost like, did I want the bills to win? No, for not for my team. Cause I'm a Bengals person. Um, but I was like, it would have been nice for him to have. <laughs> I felt really bad. Yeah. Also it was snowing the whole time. And I was like, Oh my God. I did see that. Mom was watching the game in her room, and I did see. I was like, oh, it is it snowing, snowing there. It was snowing a lot, and I was like, oh, my God. So, like, it was a weird game to watch because like, nobody could, like, really run very fast. So everyone was just kind of, like, doing very short passes, which was almost more exciting because, like, they couldn't move very far. So it was, like, it was – they just kept moving instead of, like – I don't know. I'm not a huge football fan, but I will watch the Bengals in the playoffs. Um so, because it's very nice that they make it to the playoffs now. So, we'll see. Plus, yeah, Joe Burrow that is, is cool. fucking cool. Actually, that whole team's cool. Let's face it. he A quarterback's nothing without his team. But anyways, what what else yeah. did you watch? That is it. We, uh, we did, and you know this, we saw Hamilton uh, last Woo-hoo. night live. Obviously not New York Hamilton because we live in <laughs> Alabama. Uh, but it was really fun. I love seeing live theater, and they had the rotating stage, uh, like the original production. Like everything was just like the original production, except obviously different actors. Right. But it was great, and I love. Um, so I don't think we get to see this very often, but shows that have almost like a rock concert kind of feel to it, where like audience members will just scream 
when certain characters walk out on stage. <laughs> I I eat that shit up. People were, I mean, the whole musical was great, but I have to say, peop, it it's so funny because, you know, King George constantly makes references to his loyal subjects. And even yeah. it's like, now sit back and enjoy my show, you know? Right. And people were losing their damn mind over King George last night. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> so I was like, I guess we are his loyal subjects the way these people are acting, right? Apparently. Um, yeah, but that, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. And I, I wish, um, I have a cousin who lives in New York City. Uh, she's actually, uh, my third cousin, but me and her were talking about things and we were talking about how we wish theater was more accessible. Uh, yeah. and I think what stops a lot of people from going to theater is just that tickets are so pricey. And I understand a lot of the reasons why you have to make back the money to play to even perform certain yeah. shows and i get that but it is it's kind of hard affording the price tag and it makes me sad that a lot of kids don't really get to experience theater sometimes for that reason well that's why there's good community theater that doesn't have to be quite as expensive mm-hmm. so support that's your true. local theater because those people might be in your favorite movie one day but if they don't have a venue to perform in because every good actor's first love is the stage but yes, but that that is everything I've watched. Uh, I've mainly been trying to catch up on sleep because t- this is the time of year that I'm very sleepy. So. <laughs> but uh, with that, yeah, with that, I think it's time to say bye-bye. Have a great time. Don't forget to watch next week's movie, which is I Saw the Devil. It's a Korean. I Saw the Devil. Sorry, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Korean horror, uh, horror revenge thriller, action film. It's all kinds of things. The closest movie I can think of that it's like is like Old Boy, or someone else said uh, uh, t- the Taken movies, and I was like, I don't think they're like the Taken movies. I think it's more like Old Boy with some Taken. It's not as happy, um, but that is streaming on a lot of places for sure to be. Google was trying to tell me it's also on Hulu. So check that out there too. I feel like I watched it on Tubi when I watched it um, the first time, which was like a few months ago. But uh, watch that one. It's very wintry. Um, it's The opening takes place in the snow and it's very beautiful. Um, but other than that, I would just say wash your hands, take your vitamins, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Be good to one another. Watch some fucking cool movies. And tell us if there's anything you want us to review in the future. Or if um, you love the Oscars or you hate the Oscars. Have you seen all the movies? What were your favorites? What are your snubs? Let us know because I'm curious. Because I feel like I saw a lot of movies in the theater this year. But like none of them got nominated. So I'm a little like, oof, I feel a little behind this year i'm gonna have to play catch up um but yeah have a great week and we will see you guys on the next week and i'm gonna let brit say goodbye before we say goodbye yeah so uh drink some water i know i've been lacking on the water drinking so i'm trying to keep my bottle near i've me been and so dehydrated lately yeah oh my god it's been awful so drink your water and katie you drink your water now take a shot uh, I, I finished it and I will have some more before I go to bed. Good, 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 good. Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, I've I said this last week. If it's at all possible, if you're able to be a little mobile, get up and take a walk. I uh, some days when I even don't feel like taking my walk, I've been trying to hit like my mile every day, and I feel a little bit better. Like it like makes me feel a little bit more positive and more in tune with nature a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's been like a healthy little minor healthy thing I've been trying to do every day. And I encourage you guys, if you can do it, if you live somewhere safe where you can go walking, go take a little walk. It's really good for you. Um, if there is any movies that you think we should see, whether it's uh, reviewing on the podcast or you're just like, hey guys, this is a really cool movie. You should watch it. Please, I'm always looking for new movies to watch. Of course, like, it is award season. We're going to be watching a lot of the Oscar nominee films. But if there's just something that came out 30 years ago that you don't feel like people talk enough about, <laughs> send, it, send it our way. We'll stream it. Um, and, hey, uh, you know, the door's still open. If you guys want to come and be guests, you know, we, we have a few guests that we have hopefully lined up later this year. But uh, we're always mm-hmm. looking for new guests to be on our episodes. And, Ryan, of course, that includes you. We need to get uh, we need to get our movie 
stay together and figure out what we're doing exactly. Uh, even though I have a good idea what we're probably gonna do. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We love y'all. And we just look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, same spooky time, same spooky channel. Yes, stay spooky, spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Just hit my mic. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.